Hello, and welcome to Your Daily Homily, a ministry of St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Pasadena, California. For more information on today's readings and homilist, please view the show notes below. And now, Your Daily Homily. be with you and with your spirit a reading from the holy gospel according to john glory to you lord jesus came to a town of samaria called sychar near the plot of land that jacob had given to his son joseph jacob's well was there jesus tired from his journey, sat down there at the well. It was about noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews use nothing in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you do not even have a bucket and the cistern is deep. Where then can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the cistern and drank from it himself? with his children and his flocks. Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I shall give will never thirst. The water I shall give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may not be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered and said to him, I do not have a husband. Jesus answered her, You are right in saying, I do not have a husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what you do not understand. We worship what we understand because salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And indeed, the Father seeks such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking with you. 
At that moment, his disciples returned and were amazed that he was talking with a woman. But still no one said, what are you looking for? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar and went into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could he possibly be the Christ? They went out of the town and came to him. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. So the disciples said to one another, Could someone have brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, In four months the harvest will be here? I tell you, Look up and see the fields ripe for the harvest. The reaper is already receiving payment and gathering crops for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper can rejoice together. For here the saying is verified that one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the work, and you are sharing the fruits of the work. Many of the Samaritans of that town began to believe in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me everything I have done. When the Samaritans came to him, they invited him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more began to believe in him because of his word. And they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of your word, for we have heard of for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you a name some of, some of you may remember. Helen Keller. How many know who Helen Keller is? Good. Here's her story. She was born in 1880 in Alabama. And at the age of a year and a half, she caught some kind of illness. It's unknown if it was rubella or meningitis or what it was. But, but by the time she recovered it, she'd lost her senses. She could no longer see and she could no longer hear. In a year and a half, she hadn't learned, started to speak yet. So she was deaf, dumb, and blind. And, and it gets worse than that because if you, we think in images and in words. And when you don't have any images to remember because you're binded a year and a half by the time she was seven, you know, and, and no words, you can't even give, I mean, some kind of concreteness to your thoughts. And you're just acting out, which is what they say she was like at that age, at seven, kind of like a, a wild animal just reacting. And her two, her two biggest reactions were somebody was around, push them away or pull them in. And that was it. Then they hired this teacher. Um, my gosh, Annie Sullivan? Yes. Yeah, Annie Sullivan to come and, and start working. 20 years old, first job to, uh, teaching to, to work with Helen Keller. And believe it or not, she ended up graduating from college with honors and was a guest of every president at the White House from Grover Cleveland to John F. Kennedy. Each one, she came to see each president at the White House so, so here's the story. After she'd been there a few weeks, Annie Sullivan, working with her, took, put her hat on her 
And she says, now, she says, you know, I knew what I now know to be outside. They put the hat on me that I'm going to go out into the warmth and fresh air. And I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel the breeze and feel the warm sun on me. And so I'm excited. And she walked me over to the well outside. And, you know, those, you've seen it on movies, those things where you have to pump up and down to get the water. And somebody started pumping the water up and down. And she took my hand and she put it under the water. And it you know, felt so good. But in my other hand then, she started with her fingers spelling out water in my other hand. And over and over and over again, water, water, water. And she says, until I got it, these, what she was doing in her hand, means water. It has a name. I know the name now. And she said, suddenly, the miracle of language opened up to me. And was, Everything has a name. Everything has a name. So after that, she was anxious to learn. Touch everything. It has a name. What's the name? This has a name. Tell me the name. Tell me the name. Uh, and that opened up the entire world to her. Once they poured that water, and she understood that meant water. And, and from there, in, in a, a relatively short time, she had a little bit of a language and some few simple sentences and started to be able to, to communicate. What's that have to do with the gospel? Well, there's a, it's a big parallel between that and the gospel. Is first, and, and Sister Joan's going to be talking about water today. Coincidentally, it was a perfect time for you to come. Um, but coincidentally, uh, uh, they both took place at a well. First thing, where she learned, uh, first learned her first word at a well, the one at the Samaritan at the well. Both of them involved a teacher and a student. Both of them used water to get an important message across. And then that message changed the lives of both of them forever. Life was changed forever and, and changed for the better forever. Now, it's very interesting. You know, the, the first catechumens used the Samaritan woman story. The Samaritan woman is a big model because they were about to use water to be baptized in the life of Christ. So that they was kind of like somebody for them to admire for what came after. But one of the interesting things is there was a deal in the church a while back, um, a couple of books written, because a lot of theologians think if you want to understand Jesus, you have to understand him as a Jewish man living in his time. He wasn't Catholic. <laughs> he was Jewish. Started church on Peter, but, but Jewish. So you have to look at him as a Jew. So they had a deal with priests meeting with rabbis to get a rabbi's uh, uh, um, take on what the gospels say in terms of writing commentaries for the Gospels. And this one was particularly funny because the rabbis read the story of the woman at the well and they went, oh, oh. And the priests were like, what? And she said, we didn't get it all. She said, no, this woman was playing with him at the start. Not a good woman. What makes her not a good one? Number one, they go out in the morning. All the women go out to the well in the morning together. Nobody, no woman goes alone. They all go out together. So if she's there at noon, that means they didn't want her. Why didn't they want her? Because she'd had too many men. She'd had too many men. So they, under, they read this as um, Jesus saying, give me a drink. And that she starts playing with... Uh, you sure it's only water that you want? And so Jesus comes around and play. Okay, go back and get your husband. <laughs> oh, I don't have a husband. That's right, you don't have a husband. And, and with all of that, 
you know, that, that little interplay in there, that's what led her to, okay, listen to him and take him seriously. And there is more going on here. And it changed her entire life. Changed her life. So much so that in the Gospels, the Samaritan woman, the Samaritan, the Jews hated each other. She becomes the first evangelist. The very, the very first one who, who goes out and uh, preaches the message of Jesus to her town, to Samaritans. Uh, um, and that's why that was a, that was a uh, message for the catechumens too. Okay, after you're baptized, you have a job to do. Now, you know, we have two big congregations in the Catholic Church. One are Catholics who come to church and one are ex-Catholics who don't come. <laughs> who have gone other places. But when people come back to church, you know what the number one factor is? Don't I take a guess the number one thing that, that brings people back to church? Family and friends inviting them. The, 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 the impression, the influence the, the, that you make on your relatives and on your friends. That is the number one thing that starts to bring people back to church. And, you know, we've seen it already in Friends in Faith, had people coming in confession before they confess it. Now, I haven't been for confession for X number of years. What brought you back? I'm in a Friends in Faith group. I'm not even coming to church, but I'm in a group. But, that, you know, finally being in that group brought me back. And it's the influence of the friends that they're in with and, and seeing their faith. So anyway, that, that just means we have a job to do. Everybody has a job to do. So it's just like the Samaritan woman to go back and tell people, let me tell you what I found. And it was all because of that lesson of water that started off for Helen Keller and for the woman at the well. Thank you for joining us at Your Daily Homily. For information on St. Philip the Apostle Parish or to support this ministry, please click on the links provided. Until our next time together, be safe and God bless.